Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. For nearly three decades, the Whitney R. Harris World Ecology Center at the University of Missouri-St. Louis has given its World Ecology Award to an individual. Winners include John Denver and E.O. Wilson. But this year, the center is bestowing honors on a pair of world-class local institutions, the Missouri Botanical Garden and the St. Louis Zoo. And the reason for that is their critical research and conservation work in Madagascar. So what are these two St. Louis organizations doing in Africa? Well, it started in the 1970s and 80s as a way to explore one of the planet's most amazing ecosystems. But it became a whole lot more than that. Jim Miller, the Senior Vice President for Science and Conservation at the Missouri Botanical Garden, explained to our producer Evie Hemphill how the Madagascar Project has grown. We all went to Madagascar thinking, this is great, we're going to do botany, we're going to discover new species, we're going to work on classifying the plants in Madagascar, it's going to be wonderful. You can't be there any extended period of time and not realize the place is a conservation catastrophe, that it needs conservation work in the worst imaginable ways possible. Mm-hmm. Less than 7% of the original forest covers left, and this is in a country where... of the species that occur there aren't found anywhere else. So if they're in trouble in Madagascar, they're globally in trouble. So we realized that. And then when we started hiring our Malagasy staff, they said, you know, from our standpoint, there isn't anything more that you can do that is important than for us to start developing the programs we need uh, to to conserve and sustainably use these plants. Um, I would not say that we're doing less exploration and discovery work. Our program has grown. We may, in fact, be doing more than we were in the beginning. But there were four of us in the beginning, and there's 160 of us now. That's Jim Miller of the Missouri Botanical Garden. Miller says the garden has staff working in Peru, Central Africa, and elsewhere, but Madagascar is now its biggest program. Now, Lisa Kelly is the executive director of the St. Louis Zoo Wild Care Institute and also the director of the Zoo's Center for Conservation in Madagascar. She says she believes that St. Louis institutions are doing remarkable work on this African island. Even though Madagascar's thousands of miles away, the St. Louis area really is one of the major hotspots for conservation in Madagascar. And not only for the wildlife, but also a real place of support for Malagasy people and for capacity building um, to really build that next generation. And I hope those who are listening, um, if they weren't already aware, are not only aware, but really proud of uh, the institutions they have with the Harris World Ecology Center and the Missouri Botanical Garden, and of course, the St. Louis Zoo. That's Lisa Kelly of the St. Louis Zoo Wild Care Institute. So what are these institutions focused on in Madagascar today, and what challenges are they confronting? Joining me in studio to talk about it is Patty Parker. She's a professor of zoological studies at UMSL and also interim director of the Whitney R. Harris World Ecology Center. Patty, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And we're also joined today by Fidsu Rasambai Nariv. He's a Malagasy wildlife scientist, and he just last night flew in from Madagascar. Uh, Fidi, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Now, Patty Parker, the Harris Center has previously always given this award to an individual. And here you've got not just one institution, you gave it to two. Why go this route? Well, we have a committee 
that makes these decisions. And I remember sitting around with the committee the day that we were discussing this, and we had a list of people, deserving people, because there are scientists around the world who are making important contributions to conservation, um, and and celebrities who lend their celebrity to conservation causes. John Denver types. John Denver, yes, many people like that. So Virgil Ventries was a member of this committee, and he said, well, what about giving it to the zoo and the garden for their work in Madagascar? He just said it like that, and you could have heard a pin drop. Hmm. I mean, the room went silent. We all looked at each other, and we thought, that is brilliant, and it's time. It's time that we shine a spotlight on what we are doing. Not that we have to bring somebody in from somewhere else, some famous person who is undoubtedly more famous than anybody here. That's simply not the case. And there are these wonderful institutions who are doing fantastic work right here. And they're doing it quietly. They're not trumpeting this. They're just doing it. They're committed to it, and they have been for decades. And that was all it took was that conversation for us to realize that this was the way to go. Hmm. Now, Feedy, you uh, grew up in Madagascar, and you still spend a lot of time there. What first got you involved with the St. Louis Zoo's program in that country? So I grew up in Madagascar. I trained as a veterinarian in Madagascar. And uh, around 2005, the St. Louis Zoo veterinarians, oh, around 2000, the, the St. Louis veterinarians came to Madagascar to study the health of lemurs in the wild. Um, because the St. Louis Zoo does not only study the animals here in captivity, but try to conserve them in the wild as well. In 2005, I joined them as an assistant uh, scientist as an assistant veterinarian, and ever since I started working with uh, with the St. Louis Zoo to, on this important research on what makes a healthy lemur in the wild. And I understand that ultimately led you to UMSL. Uh, what did you end up doing there? So in 2013, I received a, I was lucky enough to receive a fellowship from the St. Louis Zoo and the Harris World Ecology Center to do a PhD in uh, animal conservation under the direction of uh, Patty Barker. Um, and my research then was trying to understand the interactions and the disease that may get transmitted between domestic dogs and cats and the endemic carnivores that we have some of the some of it some some of them are the fusa and the smaller funcira that are found nowhere else in the world and is that a big problem that these domestic dogs and cats are are causing problems for madagascar's unique animal population I think it is becoming yes it is becoming a, a larger problem it is now realized that dogs and cats are causing um, extinctions of many native species all over mm -hmm. the world uh, from predation from competition um, and we started to realize as well that they transmit diseases to to those um, native nav native animals and that's what we're wanted to investigate in Madagascar as well. Is that the case? Okay. And Madagascar, it's got a, a wildlife population that is out of this world. Now, we talked to Lisa Kelly. Again, she's the executive director of the St. Louis Zoo Wild Care Institute and also the director of the Zoo Center of Conservation in Madagascar. And she told us a little bit about what draws scientists like her um, to want to work in Madagascar over the years. For me, it's something even more than that. It's something literally out of a storybook, you know, one of those where you see these fantastic beasts that you couldn't even, I don't think an artist could ever dream up, and yet they're, 
they exist. And then my background in anthropology, being aware that there were as incredible as the ones who are still um, living are, just several hundred years ago, a couple thousand years ago, there were others that were just fantastic, that were the size of gorillas. You had elephant birds. I mean, just incredible, incredible species that disappeared very recently, you know, within very recent uh, time for humans, and that now are at the brink of extinction. I mean, at the reserve alone where Betampun is, there's three critically endangered lemurs, and they're just gorgeous to see an injury, and not even visually, vocally. It's just, I mean, it, it gets, it's, it's more than academic, my, the reason why I'm, I care so much about Madagascar. It really, it really gets to your heart. Um, and it's really hard to describe unless you've been there. And it's, it's just really a magical place. And I just, it would just be really sad for humanity if it disappeared. That's Lisa Kelly of the St. Louis Zoo Wild Care Institute. Patty Parker, why has Madagascar um, been home to so many remarkable species? What are, what are the reasons for its specialness? I think the primary reason is its isolation. So Madagascar split off from Gondwana land 200 million years ago, or more than 100 million years ago, and has never rejoined any other continent. Don't I have those years correct? Yes. And um, so that anything that was on it at the time of that isolation evolved independently hmm. and and has given rise then to these this fantastic uh, array of species of both plants and animals that exist literally nowhere else. Give us an example. What's a species that we might see in Madagascar where we'd be shocked that this even exists? Well, I think the ones that have gotten a little bit of notoriety through cartoons, like the movie Madagascar, are the carnivores that Feedy studied. So the the Fusa, which is the largest carnivore, it is in an endemic family that exists nowhere else. And so it, it looks at my understanding is that it looks kind of like a giant weasel or something like a downsized puma. But, you know, nowhere does anything like that exist except in Madagascar. And all of the carnivores that are in Madagascar are in that family, all the native carnivores mm-hmm. that are in Madagascar are in that family. So so that's one radiation that's there in Madagascar that's that's unique. We actually have a picture of a FUSA on our Twitter page right now. That's at STL on air, if anybody's interested in checking that out. Uh, Fidi, what got you interested in that animal in particular, these, these fusas? So, um, so I grew up in Madagascar studying lemurs mainly. Uh, and then I also um, was interested in all the, all the, uh, the other wild animals that are in Madagascar. I also noticed that there was not a lot of attention um, that was um, towards the carnivores or huh. other other mammals, like most of, when we think about Madagascar, we think about lemurs mainly. Um, not a lot about about the carnivores, um, but those carnivores are the animals that interact most with um, domestic dogs and cats because they come into the villages. Um, some of them, uh, some of the dogs and cats, come into the protected areas or the forested areas. And so there's a lot of 
opportunities for disease transmission, which is mm -hmm. what I'm interested in. This sounds almost like a coyote where it sort of permeated the urban landscape, even though it, it is a, a wild animal. Exactly, yes. Okay, yeah, that, that does sound like that would be really interesting. Now, at the same time, um, the people that we, we played the audio from, they're talking about Madagascar as really a place in peril, that this isn't just home to all this wonderful flora and fauna, but there are some things going on there that are very troubling. Um, Fidi, what are, what are some of the factors that have made this, um, made conservation such a problem? So one of the factors that, that is happening is that, like everywhere else, you have population growing. And so with population growing, you have human population growing, you have more and more people that need food. And the way that 80% of the Malagasy people are uh, rural, so they try to grow or their own food and they need land. Um, so they will need to slash and burn as well, uh, use slash and burn agriculture to grow rice, which is the main staple uh, of Madagascar. And so, with so that, that ends up taking down those taking, habitats. Yeah. Okay. So you're losing a lot of habitat. Um, and they're trying to get food. So you also have an increase in um, peril from uh, bushmeat hunting, which is like hunting animals from the, from the forest as well. Okay. We're talking to Patty Parker, the interim director of the Whitney R. Harris World Ecology Center at the University of Missouri, St. Louis. And we're also talking to Malagasy scientist Fidsu Rasam Bai Narev um, about the St. Louis Zoo and the Missouri Botanical Gardens efforts in Madagascar. If you've got a question or comment about the St. Louis connections to Madagascar, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, I know that species are disappearing around the world, but Lisa Kelly told us she's seeing some positive conservation and sustainability signs as a result of these partnerships in Madagascar. I believe strongly that Betampun, the protected area, uh, that the zoo and the gardens and the partners have been dedicated to protecting for so many decades is only there because of the strong protection and because of the buy-in from the local villagers and communities in the area. Um, and in fact, there's a program the zoo has long supported called Zone of Protection in which the villagers that live on the periphery of the park are challenged to plant trees and keep them up. And every year there's sort of a contest who can do that um, I guess, the, the most effectively. So the unlike a lot of fo other forest edges where you would, you know, you, as you would think, it would degrade over time, it's been able to remain stable. And that's despite the fact that the, so Madagascar, as you're probably well aware, is extremely poor, and all the natural resources such as um, firewood and everything, they're very dependent on the forest. And so being able to have an area that remains protected yet enabling the villagers to continue to live their life um, is something I think is a major accomplishment that's been developed through uh, the partnerships and the long-term dedication. That's Lisa Kelly of the St. Louis Zoo Wild Care Institute. Fidi, what kind of response um, have Malagasy had to the work being done by these organizations? As you say, people need food to eat and people need land to grow that on. Has there been pushback? As far as I know, there has not been uh, pushback, and the St. Louis Zoo and the Missouri Botanical Garden are two 
extremely respected institution in Madagascar. And I think the work that is that is being done, it, like most of the people see it, see it as positive for them for their for their lives. Um, they they they're struggling, but they also understand that they need uh, they need the forest, they need the environment, mm-hmm. and um, and. They are benefiting from the activities that the St. Louis and the Missouri Botanical Garden are, are doing. Now, Patty Parker, I understand the garden has also made a real point of recruiting Malagasy um, scientists and, and workers mm-hmm. to this project. Why is that important in the work that it's doing? The recruitment of, of young people? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, um, I, I think all conservation organizations recognize that that the real solution to conservation problems is to involve the local people and to have them recognize it as their problem and one that they can contribute to and one and and for them to understand why it's important for them to contribute to it and so i think local capacity building that both the zoo and the garden are doing um, and other groups are doing and other conservation efforts in other parts of the world is recognized as the answer and possibly the only answer hmm. right is to is to have the local people recognize that this is their place and they own it and they are responsible for it but i think what the zoo and the garden have done that has helped create that culture is to uh, provide opportunities too and to provide opportunities for locals and to provide opportunities for um studies like Fidi and other Malagasy's coming to UMSL mm-hmm. to undertake graduate degrees. And UMSL's very proud of that role in this partnership is that of training these these new conservation scientists. What Fidi is doing is kind of the second generation step of that to go back to Madagascar and to train Malagasy students on site rather than requiring them to come away to some other country for years on end, he can provide those first steps of knowledge and um, capacity building right there on site. And that's a, that's a first, and we're really very proud of that. That does seem like a really exciting development. Now, for those of us in the St. Louis region who aren't scientists, what can we do to help support the work that's happening in Madagascar? Fidi, is there anything that, that's helpful at this point? I think supporting those two uh, institutions, like mm-hmm. go and visit the zoo, learn more about what the, the zoo is doing in Madagascar, that really helps. Same for the Missouri Botanical Garden. Everything that you that you can do to support those two institutions is going to directly or indirectly support those uh, the work in Madagascar. Uh, this seems like kind of a, a very nice ask, like, oh, we get to go to the zoo, and by doing that, we're actually helping with a, a problem. But you're saying for us to educate ourselves, that's that's really important. Yes, because like what what uh, what people are, are doing by visiting the zoo is showing interest into Madagascar, and that will also gather some interest from the, the zoo and continue their support towards uh, what's happening for conservation in Madagascar. Okay. Well, Fitsu Rasam by Narev, thank you so much for coming to visit today. Thank you very much. And Patty Parker of the Whitney R. Harris World Ecology Center at UMSL, thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you, Sarah. May I make a pitch for our for our um, event on Friday? Sure. So the, another thing that people could do if they're interested in learning more about the St. Louis Zoo and the Missouri Botanical Gardens work in Madagascar and see them receive this award and hear from Fidi and hear from a garden student, Cynthia Hongwa, who received her, dissert, her, her PhD at UMSL, also a Malagasy botanist who was recruited by the Missouri Botanical Garden. They will talk about what this partnership has meant to them. But you can go to our website at umsel.edu forward slash W-E-C-G-A-L-A, which stands for World Ecology Center Gala. Okay. And come and join us. And that's this Friday. That's this Friday. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Well, Patty Parker, thank you for that information. Sure. Um, This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. (laughs) 